Follow us on Twitter at Louis Gang Entertainment, on YouTube and Instagram at Louis Gang. It will mean so much to the whole team. What is up, Ewu crew? Today, we are going to be covering three distinct missing persons cases with one crucial thing in common. All of them involve CCTV footage of the missing individuals mere moments before they disappeared. If you enjoy true crime, mysteries, and true stories, be sure to subscribe and hit the like button. Now, let's get into it. The first story we have in store for you is one that continues to puzzle investigators to this day. The case of Corey McKeague. After graduating from St. Columbus High School in Dunfermline, Corey decided to join the RAF Regiment and would eventually go on to be posted to the number two squadron Royal Air Force Regiment based in RAF Honington once he was finished with all of his initial regiment training. By the time Corey was in his early 20s, he was promoted to a senior aircraftman gunner and paramedic on the squadron, a position which he took great pride in. Everything, it appeared, was going about as well as Corey could have wanted it, but good things only go so far. On September 23, 2016, Corey and a few of his friends planned to enjoy a night out on the town in Bury St. Edmunds. Corey and his other RAF Honington friends frequented bars and clubs in Bury, though on that particular evening, there had been a bit of a mix-up in the group. You see, Corey's two friends accompanying him for the evening had both assumed that Corey was going to get a ride home with the other. So when Corey drove his BMW to Bury that evening with the full intention of leaving it parked nearby overnight, he was unaware that neither of his friends knew that he didn't have a proper ride home planned. After parking near Sobar around 10 p.m., Corey decided to chat with his brother Derek over the phone while he waited for his friends to arrive. Throughout their 45-minute conversation, Corey drank from a bottle of rose wine until he finally decided to catch up with his mates inside. Much to Corey's surprise and excitement, local musician Nick Lowe was inside the Sobar performing a mix of covers he was known for, and Corey was determined to make the most of the evening. Feeling the fun energy of the bar, Corey joined Nick Lowe on the stage to perform an impromptu duet to the song Chattanooga Choo Choo, to the surprise of his friends. After finishing their last round of drinks, Corey and his friends decided to continue their casual bar hop and head over to another location called Weatherspoons at around 11 p.m. Once at Weatherspoons, the bouncer, James Dillnot, and the other regulars within the former corn exchange claimed that Corey was his normal bubbly self. He made his rounds greeting and hugging various friends and acquaintances that he had come to know in his days frequenting the pub. Over the course of the few hours that Corey and his friends spent in Weatherspoons, Corey had stepped outside a few times to have a smoke and chat with the bouncer. When Corey and his friends finally decided to move on to the next venue, James Dillnot mentioned that Corey was able and capable of knowing what he was doing, where he was going, who he was with. However, those in the next nightclub which Corey found himself in were not so sure. 
The door staff at Flex Nightclub noted that Corey arrived around 12.30 and was both stumbling and slurring his words. Nearly 30 minutes after he and his friends had arrived, Corey was actually asked to leave the club as a result of his apparent over-intoxication. So, Corey left Flex around one in the morning on his own. Neither of his friends saw him leave, but both of them had assumed that he had already planned out a ride home. In his drunken state, Corey walked down the street to his favorite late night food haunt, Pizza Mamma Mia, where he ordered two burgers, a kebab, and some chips. Once he acquired his order, CCTV footage confirms that Corey walked just around the street corner to sit in front of Hugh's electrical store to enjoy his food around 1.30 a.m. CCTV footage from that night suggests that Corey slept briefly in the doorway before eventually waking up and moving on with his evening. Around 3.20 in the morning of September 24th, Corey is believed to have gotten up and started walking toward a nearby area referred to as the Horseshoe, an open space consisting of the back end of local shops in Bury City Center. CCTV footage shows Corey walking into the waste bin circle that is the horseshoe by himself at 3.25 a.m. In the footage, Corey is seen jogging into frame before suddenly slowing his pace. He hesitates momentarily with his hands in his pockets before continuing on into the horseshoe out of frame. But no one, not even the local CCTV cameras, ever saw Corey leave. And no one has seen Corey McKeague since. After the weekend passed by and none of Corey's friends or family had heard from him, Corey was officially reported missing. Various theories arose from investigators and others regarding what could have happened to Corey. By far, the most favored theory is the one that suggests that Corey ended up making his way into one of the waste bins in the horseshoe that would have eventually been picked up by a bin lorry to be transferred to a landfill site. Various searches have been executed to search the landfill site that the bin lorry would have driven to, though none have led to any further progress in the case. Moreover, it is unclear to investigators how exactly Corey would have even ended up in a bin in the first place. Could he have gotten in on his own in his drunken state, or was he put there by someone else? The second story we have for you today is one that is equally as puzzling as the last. The case of Sneha Ann Phillip. Sneha was a determined student who dreamt of pursuing a career in medicine. So, when she graduated from John Hopkins University, Sneha decided to enroll in the Chicago School of Medicine in 1995. While in graduate school, Sneha met a man named Ron Lieberman, who would eventually become her husband. When the two graduated from the Chicago School of Medicine together, Sneha and Ron both ended up getting internship offers in New York City. So, the couple moved to New York. As both of their careers in medicine began to take off, Sneha and Ron's life appeared to be a real-life characterization of one's dreams coming true. Unfortunately, not all things in life are meant to be. In 2001, Sneha was in her third year of residency at St. Vincent's Hospital in Staten Island. A proper day off was rather uncommon for Sneha, who was constantly busy with her work and her personal life. 
So when Sneha finally found a date herself, she planned on dedicating some time to cleaning the apartment in anticipation of a planned dinner with her family and perhaps even taking herself shopping. After all, it was a beautiful day in downtown Manhattan. To be more specific, it was the last lingering days of summer weather in September of 2001, and Sneha's day off happened to fall on September 10th. During the day, Sneha spoke with her mother via an online chat, in which she mentioned that she wanted to visit a restaurant called Windows on the World that was located on the top of the North Tower of the World Trade Center. After her chat with her mother, Sneha ended up leaving her apartment around 5.15 p.m. to drop off some clothes at a local dry cleaner before heading to a nearby Century 21. The Century 21 was located just a few blocks away from her apartment and the World Trade Center. While there, Sneha ended up purchasing around $550 worth of lingerie, three pairs of shoes, and a set of bed sheets. Sneha had allegedly been joined by another woman while she was shopping inside Century 21. The woman, who the clerk at Century 21 claims that Sneha had introduced as one of her friends, is described to have been 5 foot 2, 150 to 120 pounds with short black hair. There is virtually no other information regarding Sneha's mystery companion from her shopping trip, nor any information regarding the purchases Sneha made during the trip. Sneha was last seen at 7.18 p.m. on September 10, 2001, when her image was captured on a Century 21 security camera. After Sneha stepped out of the department store, she seemed to vanish into thin air. When Ron got home from work around 11 to 11.30 p.m. that night, there was no evidence that Sneha had been home since the last time she had left in the late afternoon. This was not uncommon of Sneha, as she often stayed with her cousins on nights when Ron would get home late from work. So Ron was not particularly concerned with his wife's absence. In fact, Ron would not report Sneha as missing until the following day, September 11th, 2001. As a result of the devastating terrorist attacks in New York City when two planes purposefully crashed into the World Trade Center, over 2,000 people were killed. Among those declared dead in the wake of the attack, over 9,000 people were simply considered missing as the scale of the attack was detrimental to the entirety of downtown Manhattan. So, when Sneha's family and friends attempted to report her as a missing person, they were told to be patient, as all of the city's efforts and resources were being routed to ground zero. In fact, Sneha was initially considered to be another victim of the attack. But, was she really? As Sneha was a doctor, many investigators on her case considered the possibility that Sneha had actually rushed into the Twin Towers to offer her assistance and ultimately perished among the rubble. Her remains were never found in the search efforts associated with 9-11, though there were hundreds of other individuals whose remains were also unrecoverable from the sheer scale of the incident. Though Sneha was eventually ruled a victim of the attack, some officers disagree entirely with such claims that Sneha had been a victim. In fact, police suggested that Sneha had actually left New York City and her life as she had known it on her own accord. 
The police reportedly found footage from the security cameras in the lobby of her apartment the day after Sneha was believed to have disappeared. The footage shows a woman, which her family has identified as Sneha, waiting near the elevator before leaving the building after a few minutes. Because of the angle and the light at the time, it hasn't been verified to be Sneha. But the footage was taken three minutes before the American Airlines Flight 11 crashed into the North Tower. Even if the footage shows Sneha, it is curious that the woman in the video isn't carrying the bags of things that she apparently had bought the day before. As no remains from Sneha have ever been located, police claimed that Sneha could have run away to start a new life somewhere else. In contrast to this belief, Sneha reportedly left behind her glasses, passport, most of her credit cards, and her driver's license. In 2004, the court system declared Sneha and Philip officially deceased, and ultimately an assumed victim of the 9-11 attacks. And perhaps that is the truth. The only person who knows exactly what happened to her is Sneha herself, and she hasn't been seen since. The third and final story we have for you today is that of the case of Yvonne Cummings. Little information has been made available regarding Yvonne's personal life, though it is understood that she is from Bucksburn in Aberdeen, Scotland. In January of 2020, Yvonne was a friendly 65-year-old pensioner who heard about an incoming storm warning and understood it would be best for her to stay indoors. Yet, that is not what she managed to do at all. Rather, in the moments of calm before the storm Brendan battered the country relentlessly, Yvonne was caught on CCTV footage walking in the opposite direction of her home. In the video footage, it is clear that Yvonne stood around 5 foot 2 inches tall, was rather slim, and had shoulder-length hair. At the time that the footage was taken on January 12, 2020, around 9 p.m., Yvonne was wearing a yellow puffer jacket, light blue jeans, and her glasses. It is unclear where Yvonne was heading, nor where she ended up. That CCTV footage is the last time anyone, or rather anything, ever saw Yvonne. Police following Yvonne's disappearance believe that she may have been seen at Beach Manor around 5.30 a.m. the following morning just hours after she abruptly left her neighborhood on foot. However, such sighting claims have not been confirmed. As a result, investigators have conducted a variety of extensive search operations in the Bucksburn area, in hopes to find some trace of the woman. It is evident that Yvonne never returned home after having left, and those who knew her have claimed that such behavior is completely out of character for Yvonne, and her family and friends are understandably worried. Netizens have speculated that Yvonne was an unfortunate victim of the storm and that she may have been swept up by the strong winds, but there is no clear evidence for this. During the search for Yvonne, a body was discovered in Aberdeen, and initially those following Yvonne's disappearance believed that the body may have belonged to the 65-year-old woman who had mysteriously vanished. Yvonne's family was notified of the discovery, though formal identification has still yet to take place. In fact, there have been no public updates to Yvonne's case, and authorities have virtually no idea what caused Yvonne to leave her home on that fateful evening in January 2020, 
nor what happened to her once she stepped out of the CCTV frame. Cases like those we have discussed today concerning Corey McKeague, Sneha Ann Phillip, and Yvonne Cummings are especially chilling because the mysteries linger every time you watch what could have very well been their last moments alive captured on CCTV. If you or anyone you know has any information regarding any of the missing persons cases we have covered in this video, do not hesitate to reach out to relevant local authorities. So, do you have any guesses as to what may have happened to the people in these three mysterious cases? Let us know your theories in the comments below. Follow us on Twitter at Louis Gang Entertainment, on YouTube and Instagram at Louis Gang. It will mean so much to the whole team.